He took care of the mic right there. I want to thank the uh, children's ministry for just a wonderful children's program. It's always so appreciative. It made me think of when my kids were little and in church and they were that age and they were up there singing. Who would have ever thought you'd get to now? So for you parents, don't blink. Because if you blink, your kids are going to be grown up and they're not going to be up here singing like that anymore. Appreciate it now. Also, the awesome choreography. I don't know who choreographed that, that worship dance, but that was just awesome. Very, very moving. Brought Steve and I to tears over there. I want to open this devotional just with a question. It's asked every year at this time in churches all across the land. The world isn't asking this question. They have their own notions. The world has its own notions uh, and preconceived ideas of what Christmas is or what is Christmas. So the church is perpetually, though, asking, as we attempt to pass on a true understanding of Christmas to each new generation. So every year in churches all across the land, this question is being asked. We'll ask it again here. What is Christmas all about? So many voices speaking into Christmas. What is Christmas all about? For the Christian, for the church, Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus. You know that. Gets pushed to the back, though, doesn't it? But you know that, and I know that. And uh, many of the traditions, the practices related to Christmas that we've come up with, humans have come up with over the years, they're fun. They're exciting. They're wonderful. But the bottom line is, really, Christmas is all about Jesus. Just information on the birth of Jesus. Notice we didn't say Christmas, the birthday of Jesus. Intentional. There is much debate about the actual year, the month, the date of Jesus' birth. Was it 6 A.D. or was it 4 A.D.? depending on what scholars you read. Was it in the, in the winter, in December, or was it in the spring, since shepherds were out in the fields with their flock? When exactly was the month, the day, the date, the year, the month, the date of Jesus' birth? Doesn't matter. Does not really matter. There's much debate about that. There's virtually no debate at all about the birth of Jesus. The birthday, yes. The birth, no. Bible and biblical and, and secular scholars all agree with maybe just a rogue exception here and there. Biblical and secular scholars all agree that there was an historical person who matches the scriptural depiction of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. From the baby in the manger and no room at the inn and all of those details to the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension, there is virtually no debate among biblical or historical scholars that there was a person, Jesus Christ. We're not exactly sure of the day of his birth. We have chosen to celebrate it December 25th. Jesus' life is well documented. But here's an interesting fact. Did you know that his birth was predicted in detail roughly 750 years before he was born. The baby in the manger was prophesied in Isaiah, by Isaiah seven centuries before it actually happened. Isaiah 9, 6, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, 
the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Interesting, all names that are used of God himself, now used referring to the Son of God, the Christ child. The birth of Jesus, in detail, contained even a veiled mention of Mary seven centuries before it happened. Isaiah 7, 14. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. The people weren't believing. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God himself with us. Emmanuel, God himself with us. That is Jesus, God come in the flesh. The Virgin Mary, the Son of God, Jesus. That's Christmas. That was prophesied seven centuries, predicted by God through his prophet seven centuries before it ever happened. And there are so many scriptures that we could use to substantiate this point. But we want to move on. The birth of Jesus, predicted in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New Testament. Matthew 1.20, an angel appeared to him. Joseph, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Matthew 1.22 and 23, all this occurred Christmas. It wasn't Christmas then, of course, but all that we refer to as Christmas all the details of Christmas, all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet, Isaiah, seven centuries earlier. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God himself with us. You following along with this? Galatians 4.4, 4, when just the right time came, the right time in history, seven centuries later, God sent his son, born of a woman. Prediction fulfilled. Prophecy given. Prediction, prophecy fulfilled. Jesus, God himself, came into the world as a baby at Bethlehem through the Virgin Mary. Now that's an important fact. But more important is to understand why. Why did God send his son, Jesus, into the world? Why did God the Father send God the Son as a baby in a manger into the world? Why did Jesus even come? Did you ever ponder that as we celebrate his birth? Why? We'll spend just a few minutes on that before we close. And actually the remainder of our time together here we want to answer that question. Why did Jesus come? This is a devotional, not a, a sermon, so it's going to just touch on highlights. We're not going to go deep dive into them. But why did God send his son, Jesus, into the world? Five reasons, very quickly, that will all say the same thing in different ways. Pay attention and see if you can pick out the theme. Five separate verses saying the same thing, why Jesus came, Slightly differently. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave or sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Simple answer to a complex question, why did God send Jesus? 
God sent Jesus into the world. He gave us his son because he loves the world. He didn't have to. He loves the world, meaning the human race in his creation, the world. And he's not wanting that anyone should perish. Perish in Scripture doesn't just mean dying. We're all going to die, but we're all also going to live forever. Perish means ending up in the lake of fire, a.k.a. hell. God doesn't want that for anybody. Therefore, he sent his son into the world. He wants everyone to come to know Jesus. He wants everyone to inherit eternal life. Second Scripture, Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man, Jesus, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Lost is a term in Scripture for what the Bible refers to as souls, people who do not know Jesus, those who are still in bondage to sin and to Satan, separated from God and from eternal life, lost and alienated from the life of God and without hope. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. Mark 10, 45. The Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to serve. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. Same thought, different wording. These are Jesus' own words explaining why he came to earth. He came to reconcile. He came to restore the lost human race to God the Father. The human race was lost in Genesis 3. God had to do something about it. It took a while, but in God's perfect timing, Jesus came into the world and he remedied that situation. Matthew 1, 21. She, Mary, will give birth to a son... And you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from his sins, from their sins. In these words of the angel to Joseph, the angel mentions the purpose for which Jesus came, to save people from their sins. The name of Jesus means salvation. The name of Jesus means the Lord saves. That's why Jesus is our Savior. And just so you know, and I know you do know, one and only Savior Savior, there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. Don't let anybody fool you. Life is not a mountain with many roads to the top, and it doesn't matter what road you take as long as you're sincere. That's false, and that will end you in the lake of fire. There's one way to the top of the mountain, and his name is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Many voices speaking falsehood into that gospel truth. 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now, it's the works, but it's actually singular because the primary work was Satan usurped the human race from God, and Jesus came to buy us back. He was the ransom. He bought us back. He destroyed that work of the devil. Now, we know he's destroying the works of the devil, too, but in this verse, we're referring to when Satan captured the human race in Genesis 3. Jesus came to destroy that work and buy human race back for God. Destroy the hold, the bondage, the sway the devil had over humanity through sin. He came to set us free. And again, there's so much we could say, but let's close with a final word. Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his love. God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son into the world, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. God demonstrated that love. He didn't just feel that love. He demonstrated that love for us in that while we were still sinners and didn't care at all about God, 
I know I didn't. Until I met Christ, January 16th, 1980, 43 years ago, almost 44. Don't regret a minute of it. But up until that point, I had no affinity for God and his ways. I lived for Hub Smith and what I wanted to do. But God loved me. Put your name in there. God loved me so much, he sent Jesus for me. He sent Jesus for you. And this will never be proven but I believe that if you were the only one of the entire human race that would have come to know him, he still would have come and died for you. That's amazing love. How can it be that God, my Savior, died for me? But thank God it's not just me and it's not just you. And there's countless numbers of people who have come to faith in Christ. And we'll all be together in eternity. Of every race and culture and tribe and tongue, we've talked about that. So what is Christmas all about? What's the meaning of Christmas? The angelic visitation heard on high. The little town of Bethlehem, asleep in the darkness. The baby in the manger, no room at the inn, no crib for a bed. Shepherds watching their flock by night. Kings from the east following a star. What is that even all about? It's all about celebrating the birth of Jesus and why Jesus came into the world. He came he was born. He had to be born in order to die, and he died for us. There's such a vital connection between Christmas and Easter. Without Christmas, there'd be no Easter. Without Easter, there'd be no reason for Christmas. He came to die for us, sinners, that we might be saved. That's what we're celebrating. Along with all the stuff we do, the fun stuff, this is what we're celebrating. Application. Sometimes the church can get on its high horse because the world doesn't understand Christmas like we do. We don't have to go out and scold the world because they're not asking the question or they don't know the true meaning of, Christian, of Christmas. That attracts no one. We simply need to make sure we know the truth ourselves. We need to make sure we know the true meaning of Christmas so that we can share with those who may ask and who may want to know, especially our children. We need to make sure they know or they'll get caught up and they'll fall into the world's notions of Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Merry Christmas, church. We'll close with worship. If you would like to stand with us. Sonny will bring the band forward. And I think we're going to sing about Jesus the Messiah.